The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I'm your host, Tim, certified sex educator. I identify as a chaotic homosexual and are all Mormons gay because they want more men? Hmm, we're going to find that out today. <laughs> I have, uh, oh yeah, grown for that <laughs> mm, yeah. that, that really bad dad joke. <laughs> you tried. You, 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 you get points. I get some points. points. Thank you, girl. <laughs> today on the show, I have my very, very special friend, my lover, my gay brother, I want to say he's a former Mormon born in the morning and drawing porn. I mean, that the, works. Uh, yeah, that's a re- recovering. I like, I prefer the term uh, recovering Mormon. Recovering. Um. <laughs> uh, Kirby, thanks for coming on. You're so great yeah. for doing this. And yeah, it's, it's just like, I feel like this is something that a lot of gay people struggle with like me as a recovering catholic let's start with like you know how you grew up like what was your the what was like the mormon thing to do well okay so my like my story in particular is i mean is different from everybody else's right but my father converted to the lds faith as an adult yep but he himself was raised under the Church of Christ level of fundamentalism. And um, for those of you who don't know the Church of Christ, mm-hmm. they're they, they're some of the one of the more fundamentalist, like hardcore, like they don't believe in instruments and in church kind of people. Like you got to listen to all these people singing off key. <laughs> acapella to these hymns. No, it's awful. no church organ or anything? No, nothing, nothing, nothing. Like, I mean, like the, these aren't quite like the people carrying around snakes kind of crazy. Like they're, they're not like that kind of crazy, but they're, they're just to like the right of it. Right. So that was, that's like my, that was my dad's side of the family. My mom's side of the family was also Catholic. So, and they were like the hardcore, like mourn your face type of Catholics. Right. So me growing up Mormon, I like as a kid, I kind of just grew, I felt like I was just in this like little Brady Bunch kind of thing. And I would see all the bad things that would happen in the world, but like that didn't happen to me, right? Because I was just this whitewashed, like I was clueless, dude. I was so <laughs> clueless. I was so clueless. Naive. <laughs> I was, I was, I like, I did not have the vocabulary to describe how different I was. It just didn't exist in my brain. Right. Mm. Growing up, like my, my family was also like, we were also kind of a military family and my dad moved where the jobs were. So we 
I was almost at a different school every year to like grade, like seven, grade, grade six, something like that. And so, yeah, I just knew my family, right? Like, and that was it. And that's, a, and, 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 and to be fair to whatever everybody else kind of thinks about Mormons and, and who they are, they are very family centric. They are very much about community and their community and whatnot and whatever, like, like I, there are, I can cherry pick like the parts that I do appreciate about like the actual faith and whatnot. Right. Like we can all do that, but yeah, it was, it's growing up in the faith. It was all about like hanging out with the other, other families within the community. I myself grew up in the boy Scouts. So wherever we landed, I was always in a boy scout troop, which in and of itself was kind of probably introduced me into my own kind of, like bits of homoeroticism. <laughs> Being really surrounded with other boys it. too. <laughs> mm, yeah. Like I like admittedly, like as like when you like think back, when you, when you go, when you think back about some of those things, when I have the, the parts of my childhood that I haven't like completely blocked out. Right. Um, <laughs> like it was great. Honestly, it was great. It was great until like, I started to realize it, I was different and different being gay. That's when I started. Right. It, I didn't, again, I couldn't tell myself I was gay because I didn't know what that meant. I just kind of, I just was like, I knew that I was having these feelings towards my peers, but they weren't reciprocating that. And like, like, okay. So but the, my earliest, like, my earliest moment um, was, uh, I was probably like three. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 excuse me, excuse me. Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, excuse me. I was, I was probably like six. Cause okay. this was, this would have been like, like kindergarten, kindergarten first yeah, sure, yeah. Um, we're all waiting in line. We're all waiting in line to go into the gym for our, for our physical education, our PE class. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were all really excited. Cause I remember that day we were having like the big parachute that we were like, Oh yeah. With the rainbow. And and then, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm super excited and focused on that. And this girl sits next to me and I can't even remember her face or her name, but I do remember her, what she said. She asked me, do you know how gays have sex? <laughs> What? A kindergarten? And she just asked you that? That's- yes. And so in my brain, like, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what a gay was or really what that meant. I kind of had like this, like something of a nebulous idea, but I didn't know what yeah. it was. But I, like, I just went, Ur. and then she goes, she like, she does this like Homer Simpson whisper. She's like, they do it in the butt. <laughs> And I, and the, what the minute wow. like and I realized something was different when all the other kids around me started giggling, laughing, and I just kind of tilt my head to one side and went, "Huh, huh that's <laughs> interesting. That's something I want to try." <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I might have stoned or rambled a little, a little bit. No, there no, no, that's you, fine. I am pretty stoned myself. I, 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 but I will say, like, as far as like growing, growing up in the faith. I did feel extricated just because I was starting to like understand the concept of what being an other was. Oh shit. When I was going to seminary classes in the morning. So like we would actually go to seminary classes before we would go to school. We'd be up at like five o'clock in the morning. Are you fucking kidding me? Seminary. So like you're studying the Bible at 5 AM. Yeah. We would get up, we we would get up and we would have a, we would have a co-ed class and then we would have a separate, uh, gender they would separate us out and the genders mm-hmm. and we would have that every morning from like 
six to seven. And then we'd all carpool from the church to the school, which was about maybe like a mile and a half away. And so that way we could be there for classes at 730 at school. So I had already been at a class for an hour. And I remember, like, my best friend at the time was this girl, and, and uh, her name was Kim. She's unfortunately passed away. Uh, she was my sister. She, um, she was a hoe. <laughs> and she was the one who really started to, like, pull things out of me, right? Mm. That, like, that really kind of, she was the one that let me know that it was kind of okay to, like, be myself a little bit. And, and, like, whatever the, like, whatever, like, the social ramifications happen, right? Like, you, 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 you get, you, you move past it. Like, you, 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 you makes you stronger and it, it helps you be the better person, right? Yeah, she, uh, she was the one who really kind of helped me. And um, I remember we were sitting in class, we were sitting in that seminary class together. In the Mormon faith, most people kind of most people kind of have a nebulous idea about this, but in the Mormon faith, there are like different tiers of heaven, right? The different planets or whatever, right? And everybody basically gets into heaven, right? Okay. But to get to the like VIP areas, <laughs> you have to be like baptized, you have to be good, you have to do all these other things, right? So if anybody dies, technically you get into like, you know, general admission, right? You Standing got room I mean, you got lawns. Like, like, yeah, like you got, you might, you might have lawn seats in the back, but you're still in the festival, well, right. right? Everybody gets into there, but to like, you know, if to even be considered to get into these other places, you have to be like baptized. And that's why we have, but the ultimate goal is to get into, you know, with God and the VIP section with the yeah, velvet yeah. rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And my question was, you know, well, why do we autom- like because we were baptized, we automatically got into like the second tier, right? right? And in my brain, that didn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. So, like, how? It's like, so, like, just because this one white dude got lucky enough to read some gold plates, like when he was sh- shrooming out sometime, <laughs> right, and managed to like make this entire cult, and like because we were lucky enough to be like descendants and like got got word of this somehow that we were lucky enough to do that but everybody else just got like the shaft like why (laughs) like that didn't make any sense to me and when i started asking those why questions was when i really started falling out of favor with the faith when did you start asking those why questions like how young were you by that point i would have been about 14 13 oh wow yeah that is was like I was like, we were pretty, I was pretty sheltered. Like I said, like I wasn't, I wasn't pretty, like I'm still not up to date on a lot of like pop culture references. <laughs> people, people are like, oh, did not you like, drag like, race? Some, I mean, I, yeah, well, I do watch a lot of drag race, but <laughs> don't we um, all? <laughs> too much sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like I, I like, I watched a lot of Star Trek though. Yeah. You're a that huge thing, fucking right? nerd. And I love that about I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm a, like, I have, a, I have, I have, I have a big Trek dick. <laughs> and also like your dog's name is Moya. So Moya. Yeah. But yeah, like, and I always kind of like idolized the like Vulcans and the logic and the way that they solve problems and the way that they dealt with things. Like I actually kind of like really admired that as a kid are you always in heat pond far oh no, like oh well you know that was whenever i first until i learned how to masturbate yeah that, that was that was a, i didn't know how to masturbate no like nobody talked to me about nobody it nobody does like i would like i would have like my wet dreams and things like that because i just didn't know what was going on with my body so they had no sex ed in the mormon church then 
I just, no, like I just knew that my dick felt good when I run under the water in the bathtub, right? <laughs> or like, when you're at the pool and then you go to the water jet. and Oh yeah, no, I stood at that water jet way too long <laughs> in my grandparents' pool. Sorry, mom. Yeah, like, like, mm. like that, that was... <laughs> oh my god that's funny yeah that's so funny when was like the earliest sign that you were like hmm i think this is what being gay is like your first crush did you have your first kiss like take us back to that time well i remember the first the first person that i really ever fooled around with was this guy that I was in middle school. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. Uh, Ginger. Love it. And the funny thing was, is that he, the way that I remember it anyway, like, I feel like he instigated most of it. And I was just like, (laughs) cool, let's go with that. And so we would go like skinny dipping and he'd be like fully erect. We didn't do much more than just like oral. Like we would, we would have our slip slip overs and we would, we would, that's all we would do is we would, we would play video games and then we would fool around. I didn't, I, and I didn't even, didn't even recognize what I was doing at the time, right? Like, I was just like, oh, I'm just with my friend, and this just this, this is kind of fun. I didn't realize that I was 69ing. I didn't, like, have, I wasn't watching porn. I didn't know. I wasn't smart enough to, like, hide that shit. And, like, when I did try to do it, like, this was still back in the day of, like, AOL dial-up shit. Like, you had to wait 15 minutes for a damn gift to load, right? Like That voice, like, that noise, that haunts me The when it's, like, right? connecting. Oh, my God. Right? Oh. They, actually just, like, they actually just made fun of that on, on, on Drag Race. Race. <laughs> With Evie Oddly. Yeah, yeah, that was um, great. <laughs> yeah, this won't be a spoiler, because this is, this would have been, like, by the time this comes out, it won't be a spoiler, guys. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it already, it's your own damn It'll be a meme. Um, oh Oh, man but no yeah like i didn't really start becoming like like sexual for a long time like even with my partners and my boyfriends and things like that like i didn't really kind of accept myself as a sexual being until like really not all that long ago because i was holding on to a lot of shame right like i felt like i had to have that, like, even though, like, I was gay and I recognized that I was gay, I felt like I still had to be very her- heteronormative. I still needed to, like, have kids and give my, give my mom a grandkid, right? And continue the family line and that kind of thing. It, like, I, I still held on to a lot of that shame for a long time. And it's still something that, that times I have to, like, I have to cope with and deal with. It's not something that, that just goes away. Like, that kind of shame, like, that, that kind of, like, like, I mean, you get it, Catholic, like that Catholic guilt is like, it's, it's deep. so it deep. Runs deep. Oh my God. Right? It's like tattooed. And I have to go through multiple sessions of laser surgery to just like forget that it ever existed. Oh my yeah. God. And so like, like it wasn't like, I, I didn't give myself permission to be okay with it, mm. which was like the, the big key, right? I didn't give myself permission right. to be okay with it for a long, long time. But like now I'm a big old hoe, right? Like, <laughs> but I can attest to that. <laughs> it took me a long time to really be okay with myself with that, right? What are the tenets of being a Mormon that is that roots that shame or that ingrains that shame in you? Like, uh, does Mormonism just view homosexuality as demonic or like, do they just not talk about sex at all? They think of it as just something that you can just 
put in a box and put away, right? So you can be gay. You just can't so have this sex. is literally just like the right. Book of Mormon because all my entire knowledge of Mormonism is from the Book of Mormon. <laughs> That's it. Like, just put away your yeah. homosexual feelings no, and oh, then no, move no. on. I, I, oh no! If you ever watch the the uh, there's the there's the Mormon episode of uh, South Park. Yeah. That's actually pretty spot on, right? No like way. it's not <laughs> that far off, right? Right. And a lot of times, like, and I have to be like, here's the thing: like, Mormons are actually like, super, super friendly people. Again, I want to kind of stress that, right? Like, I don't want to demonize these people. They think of it as like, what's the right word? What's the right word I'm looking for? Like, yeah, they look at it like a disorder, right? Like, look oh, at it like a mental shit. disorder, right? <laughs> that you can be cured of. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was told that if I wanted to have the priesthood, which is like their version of like leveling up, right? Mm-hmm. If I wanted to pursue that, then I would have had to go to conversion therapy. Oh my God. Ugh, ew. What the fuck even happens at conversion therapy? Did they just show you like a whole bunch of pussy pics and like Ludovico, your eyes open? Like, I don't understand that. Sometimes, yeah. Like it can get brutal. What? Like that. It's super psycho. It's, it's, I have known people with electroshock marks on their body. <gasps> Like they can, they can get into your head really bad. That in itself is a whole other conversation that I am not an expert on to really kind of go into. I, I just know that, that, that it was presented to me as a ultimatum if I wanted to stay in good standing in the church. Oh my God. Did you talk to any like, uh, victims, I guess, of conversion therapy? And what did they I have talk- known a few of them. I have known a few people who that it has really scarred physically and mentally and physically and mentally oh my god i'm not really the expert to talk on that right like i can really only attest to my own journey where i and when that was offered to me because like that wasn't forced into it i know people who were like forced into it i like that like by the time i had come out i was already of an age to where i couldn't have been forced to even if my parents wanted to now i don't like my mom never would have done that. I don't know about my dad if he would have considered that or not, but my mom, uh, I, I, I agree, she would not have done that. By the time I kind of came out and it became like more like public knowledge uh, that I was that I was gay, I was already like I had moved out of the town already. I had already run away from everybody. I my mom, like I had like because I stopped going to the church when I was about. 15 or 16 my parents divorced and like again it's one of those things where it was like it was the southern like oh bless your heart like you poor little like thing you're tainted now and that was like my first real like that was my first real dose of being an other right was because everybody just immediately took pity on us right and it was just like we were we were almost shunned in the community because we were no longer that perfect family unit that i was talking about Mm, so they took pity on you for your homosexuality because again they see it as some sort of sickness to cure right exactly (sighs) uh when that happened uh, that's when I started 
really kind of asking a lot more questions. I ended up having a bit of a falling out with my dad and uh, moving in with my mother. And then at that time, I just couldn't go to church altogether. And that's really when I started to like hang out with my friends outside of this, outside of the church people, right? People who I felt like actually accepted me for who I was and didn't tolerate my presence just because I happened to be the same faith as them. Mm, mm, that's good. You found some sort of community. Were they also recovering Mormons or like what was that? no none of them were most of them were like band geeks and oh. <laughs> like I hung out with the, the people that I ate lunch with every day at school were the people who didn't have a lunch table right <laughs> like I was at the no click click table I was the nerd playing chess in the library at lunch because I didn't have anything else better to do right you know like, that's very on brand for you knowing you now that's very on brand because you're you are a huge fucking nerd <laughs> and like I, that's not an insult that is like very sexy to me which is why i was like very attracted to you to begin with that's very on brand the like you know playing chess into star trek i mean you're still very mm -hmm. much into star trek now as a full-grown adult but that's so i haven't true. watched any of the new season new series yet shame, so don't judge me shame but I know. Shame. False. Well, I'm trying to catch up on shit, right? I've been I've been busy lately. <laughs> I've been catching up on I've been catching up on all my Star Wars, right? So I just caught up on like Boba Fett and now that Kenobi's going. I'm kinda diving for, into Kenobi, so for me, Star Wars exists solely as robot chicken sketches. <laughs> <laughs> when uh they're having that office thing and then uh his phone rings and goes go for papa palpatine <laughs> oh no have you seen the eddie izzard sketch where vader goes to the cafeteria oh i gotta see that yeah it's on youtube you should find it eddie izzard he does this whole thing where he's like he's like it's like he's arguing with the guy behind the counter because he needs a tray <laughs> No, for me, my favorite has got to be all the Palpatine sketches because uh, he's voiced by Seth MacFarlane. So there's one where he's like uh -huh. giving this really big, supposed to be inspirational speech, and then he keeps getting interrupted by all the construction men, and he's too shy to ask them. So he's like, um, "So can you like uh, keep it down a little bit?" It's like, "We're paid by the hour. You're not our boss." Oh, oh, oh okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Sorry for bothering you. <laughs> like, just a sweet little timid Palpatine. <laughs> can't can't get any work done with all this construction noise behind him. <laughs> Aww. 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 Poor little Sith Aww. Lord. <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. Hey, you sick motherfuckers. I've got a special treat for you. Need a new toy to spice up your sex life? Head over to loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and get yourself a cock ring, a dildo, a vibrator, or even a life-sized sex doll? <laughs> Damn, I guess love really does come in all shapes and sizes. Get 15% off your entire order when you use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout. They're shipping to all of Canada and the United States because North America is horny. That's loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and use code sexedwithtim for 15% off your entire purchase. Happy orgasm! Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. 
head over to dalekuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A.com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me, 25% off. And cherry on top, free shipping, oh my god. I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me, and girl, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there, and I'm on the train. I'm just like, uh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's dalecuda.com with the code SEXEDWITHTIM for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets, honey. <laughs> the show is about to begin. Yes. So you came out as gay while still in the Mormon church then. What made you decide that was a good idea? So let's see here. So yeah, so I like like I said like I moved out with my mom's house in my senior year of high school. Okay, and that was when I really started kind of like coming to terms with like myself and who I was. Mm. Right. Um. I and I had dated girls. Like I I did play like a season of football. So I tried. It's very mask of you. So mask. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> this, is I Texas, right? this is in Texas, right? This is a yeah. This is in Texas. Like the heart I mean, of like, Texas. Like it was kind of required, right? Yeah. Like you had to at least try to play football. Uh, okay, I guess. I mean, it's the same with like owning guns. It just it's, it's like they they give it to you when they give you your birth certificate. You know, <laughs> your first word is AR fifteen. <laughs> Mama, I mean, better. usually we slaughter them out with a pellet gun, but that was but that was back in the '80s when I was growing up, right? Uh, no, like I, I I remember I kind of started coming to terms with it when I was around like 17 or 18, and that was when like Will and Grace had like just started, right? Like there was starting to be like Ellen had just like come out, like I think Roseanne was a thing too, right? So like for me, this was so this would have been around like '98. Like ninety nine. Okay, I was still too young, but can you- wait, 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 no, no, excuse me, sorry, take that back. I would be like, yeah, because I graduated in 02, so the, I really didn't start kind of coming to terms with it until like two thousand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the aughts, I was way too young to remember anything in the aughts, but like, what was the culture like for gay people, uh, late nineties, early aughts? Well, I mean, I can only tell you, like, from what I have learned. Yeah, like what do you remember? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, from what I remember personally, it's, like, I remember there being a couple of gay kids who were, like, super effeminate and who were much braver than I was mm. to, like, be in this southern school, like, basically run by Baptists, right? Everybody was a fucking Baptist or non-denominational, and they all wanted you to go to your church. It was part of their personality, right? Like, it was. Like, there were these girls that were just, like, they're, like these guys and girls that were, it's, like, they had no other like defining traits other than their religion. <laughs> I don't have a personality, so I'm just gonna say Jesus loves you. Yay God. Yay God. Yay God. Yay God. Yeah, like that was like that was like that was it. That's 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 like that's that was the main thing that I remember from all of that. Like and I just remembered that I like I went through a moment when I was like rejecting the Mormon faith. 
Well, I wasn't say I was say rejecting it, but I was like, I was, I was at that, I was at that questioning moment of like, well, what else is out there? And I actually started researching like, some of these other religions, and I went to church with these other people, right? And I was like, I remember going to this one Baptist church and going, "Wow, it's loud in here," <laughs> right? Because like, I mean, we had a piano and an organ, and we sang, but we we didn't have a full on like rock concert happening, right? And so like, like, like I'm going it's into this church and it's freaking yeah, like it's theater. <laughs> Like, I mean, I've been into gay bars now that didn't have that kind of lighting <laughs> set up, right? Like, can you imagine the gays going to church being like, yes, at first I was afraid, I was petrified. Yes, Lord. I, oh God, I, like, like, that would be, I, that'd be the dream, though, right? right? Um, the Church of Donna Summer. <laughs> oh, that would be an amazing Sunday service. And instead of just like bread and wine, it's just poppers and tina no i'm kidding don't uh, <laughs> oh no 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 uh, so so true story the, the 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 bar i so i really like i i really started coming into my kind of awakening when i worked at a gay bar for the first time really? right? like, wow. that was when i really was like my eye was just kind of open to a lot more because like and that wasn't until i was like 23 right like mm. i had kind of coasted and was like serially monogamous trying to date people on like and again, like this was back. This was way before the apps and things like that, right? So like, I in my introverted way, not knowing how or where to go, went to the internet and went to like gay.com and the old AOL <laughs> chat room Craigslist? back in the day. Was that right? Like, back like, then? like that's no Craigslist didn't even exist back oh, then, yeah, either, yeah. right? <laughs> like you would go to gay.com, right? And you would log into the chat room and you would have like you could have your profile and it'd be like dating and whatever. But then you would go into the chat room area. And you could filter it down either through like kink, so like like there was different, or, or like through like location, right? And so pretty much every city had a room, right, or had a server dedicated to it eventually, right? And you could go into your city and just pop into a group chat and be like, "Hey, here I am. I'm a hoe. Here's your ASL. Like, I these are my stats. This is what I'm into." And then and then people would DM you. And like, but people would also just like chat in the main room and have like conversations with each other. And so it was like going to a bar. It was like going to this like virtual bar. And so I learned a lot just through like observation when I was, and that, that was just like a kid. And then here I am 23. So this would have been like late 2000s, right? Like probably around like 2006, seven, something like that. I start working at this gay bar and that's when I am just like thrust into the middle of queer culture. Wow, you didn't even get like a gentle push. It was just deep dive right into like the drugs and the circuit queens. Yeah, well, like I had, I had lived in the village area of the the, 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 in Dallas, they call it the Gaberhood. I had lived in that area for a few years. And so I'd been to the bars, I'd gone to the drag shows and kind of did that kind of thing. But it was just me again in my like whitewashed, like not really seeing the world as it was. Right. That whenever I get into the nitty gritty of it and I'm like, oh yeah, no, here I am all of a sudden doing blow with my boss just so I could work 16 <laughs> hours on a pride weekend. Like I was just really kind of thrust into it. And what was kind of funny is since then, I just kind of haven't turned back. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked corporate jobs. I have worked, I've been a project manager and I just like keep going back to it. And it's just, yeah, like that's where I, that's where I really truly kind of found myself. Aw, doing blow with your boss really unlocked your third eye and just said, gay Oh my all god, he way. just died recently too. Oh no. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just died recently. Oh, like, like no. RIP. 
Um, he's like, yeah, like he's like, yeah, he had a brain tumor, and I'm like, I should probably get that checked. Oh shit! Oh my god! But hey, he was like your no pun intended fairy godmother. <laughs> well, that was the other thing that I funny that you mentioned fairies. Um, <laughs> have you ever heard of Have you ever heard of the radical fairies? No, what is that? Oh, you don't know who you don't know radical fairies. That's okay. All right, cool. So, I know. Um, gay history I'm lesson, y'all. So, radical fairies uh, was a group of guys who were exploring their at the time their bisexuality and their homosexuality. Like up to that point, it was started. I want to say in the '60s, and uh, by a guy, and I may be wrong by this, but I do believe his name was Harry Hay. And it kind of started out as just a group of these, like, how these husbands who would go camping for the weekend. And it turned into this safe haven for them to be as gay, as queer. They could dress up in women's clothing. They could paint their nails. They could wear wigs. They could, but it got to the point to where it just grew from, from the small little group to, to now they have these, uh, groups of these, uh, people that will just kind of go camping and they'll get, they'll go, they're called fairy gatherings, right? And so they'll like have a gathering for like a week or two. And it's always in the woods where fairies are located. <laughs> usually, yes. It's very nature oriented. It's usually very kind of plant based. There's not a whole like, I'm a meat eater. So I usually bring my own like chicken to grill. You're so, bacon like, in a ziplock. Like, I'm like, thanks. I am super regular now. <laughs> I have to like go do this. It's uh, since evolved into, I wouldn't necessarily call it a religion of its own. But it has become a place of, uh, it's, it's become a safe space where people practice like just radical individualism, right? They're just like, it is a safe space to be yourself. And even in the South now, even in, even in, even in Texas now, it's, there's still a lot of heavy conservatism that is rooted there. So people, even the gays that live there still have, as however liberal they may think they are, there is still some conservative slash religious trauma that's yeah, simmering underneath that's their just in, it's it's just embedded in the culture itself mm. right like it's just there well texas it's red as fuck right <laughs> texas is texas um <laughs> but everything that's, is that's bigger in texas that's, that's, that's another podcast <laughs> well i can i could i could attest for that anyway <laughs> Yes, and the number of times I slept with you, tex- everything is bigger in Texas. <laughs> I, what can I say? I drill for oil, right? <laughs> the fracking? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Not the fracking. <laughs> so is that what happens whenever you're fucking really, really hard and you get a bunch of air in there and you just can't stop farting? Is that what it's called? Like, we're going to call that fracking now? I'm going to totally call that fracking gonna, now. The gay version of a queef is a fracking. <laughs> you no. heard it here, folks. <laughs> oh, and then, like, residual douche water starts, like, coming out. And it's like, we hit gold, boys. <laughs> Ew. You know, okay, so, I mean, yes, I am to the world. Yes, I am. I, I actually don't know how big I am, right? I've never actually measured. measured. Because, again, <laughs> shame. I didn't, I, for for the longest time, was very self-conscious about my size because, again, I thought so little of myself. And a gay then I man a with body image issues? No way. That's unique. Well, and like, you've seen, you've seen my, have, you, have I shown you my, 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 my pre-weight loss pictures? Because I did, I ate my feelings, right? I mean, like, I, I, was, I saw your pre 
like now like when you had some weight on but like you looked really fine and healthy to me you look fine and healthy now i started my weight loss journey about 10 years ago so it's been a slow journey right like i didn't do any pills or surgery it's just been diets and boot camps and and working out and not being religious at it but still wanting to do it or not being obsessive about it but I try to work out like twice a week if I'm lucky, right? Let's be real. I've lost and maintained to keep off about 100 pounds. Good for you. At my largest, I was about like 280, 285 with like 40. So Gaze wouldn't even look at you at that weight. No, yeah. Again, another, another like other, right? Yeah, you know? being weighted. Uh, God. No fats, no fans. Uh. And like, and, and like I saw my grandparents who were really overweight and their bodies just deteriorated from really manageable things mm. like they were diabetic they had insulin they had to take insulin but they thought because they had the insulin that they could still go ahead and eat three slices of cake and a bowl of ice cream. jesus christ that's a little much even for me wow and i have a big appetite i eat a lot of ass you know, but yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 that kind of thing wow. right like it's it, it was those types of like wow this these were totally manageable things right like as a person with hiv right like i have to like be on top of it and manage it right like it is a completely manageable disease now but like i watched them just ignore that and deteriorate and die because they did not take care of themselves and my mom and i both around the same time were just kind of like we can't let that happen to us and so my mom actually started going to crossfit and when she started to out outlift me i had i was like okay i can't i can't do that I, I can't, I can't let that happen. <laughs> I can't let my mother like be more fit than I am. And so that was Queen like, that was recruited in my like, all right, I got it. Oh no, go get wrong. She can still like, she'll tell you now she, she can deadlift more than I can. Like she's, she's like pushing 60 and, and competing in CrossFit games. Like, and placing like worldwide in her categories in a age bracket. And I'm like, okay, mom, I like that journey for you. You have fun. Queen. I'm just going to go ahead yeah. and try doing this. And right, like I'm just going to do setups right before Pride, so it looks like I have abs, and then I'm going to go to McDonald's <laughs> right afterwards. I also, I wanted to say, like, your body is great. If it's any consolation, I love your body. Yeah, yeah. I love the hair, and I love how you are as you are, and it is great, curvy. <laughs> it's been a it's it's been a journey, right? Because it get, when you have like really bad body issues like that right yeah especially being gay being gay right like i used to like i used to be really self-conscious about my body hair too i used to be self-conscious about my dick size i used to be self-conscious about like everything and now i just don't give a fuck right right that's the most beautiful part of it i'm happy with my size i'm okay with that with like i will totally wear like my old thrift store <laughs> like hawaiian t-shirt and just like wiped on the shirt and not match and clash and don't give a fuck anymore because it's like it's like i'm happy with who i am so like i could honestly say for like the first time in my life like and coming to toronto was a big part of that too getting out of texas and have experiencing life here with culture uh, was definitely a big part yeah the culture uh change and like the such the diversity of cultures right like Dallas, we didn't have a little India. We didn't have a, a Chinatown uh, or whatever. Korea town, yeah. Chinatown. Like we didn't have any like any like we had like Asian town. Like there's a there's like a section of North Dallas that's like Asian town. 
So, like, if you want anything that's, like, remotely Asian, you'll go there, right? And now you get to sleep with boys of all ethnicities when you're here in Toronto. <laughs> that's just the best part. Oh, I do. Yeah. I do. I've, you're a big whore. You're a big slut. I, I, you're a dirty well, slut. You got, oh, I blame my husband for part of that. <laughs> you got cum, residual cum stains in your mustache there, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking uh, about. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's so great because uh, you have lived at least three experiences of being othered. Fat, gay, and HIV positive. And now you're at a place mm-hmm. in your life where you're like, fuck all of you. I'm great. Like, how do you even get to that? Do you just like reaffirm yourself? Do you just... Uh, expose yourself to people who are living the same kinds of struggles with you? How do you get to that radical self-acceptance? A lot of it has to do with listening. I realized that being an other meant that my voice wasn't being heard. And so when I started listening to people was when I started to learn. Like the one question that I like to like, like that I'm just kind of burning to ask someone famous at some point or another. Cause I'm just like, I haven't really been exposed to anybody of any sort of like infamy or success that, that, that I could ask this question to, but it's, it's something that I do like to ask my fellow artists and things is, is, is when did you give yourself permission to be successful? Because there's always going to be somebody to tell you how something won't work or why something won't work. There's always going to be a budget issue. There's always going to be a time constraint. There's always going to be something. Your inner saboteur. (laughs) Right. But then you, well, no, it's exactly it. Like, I mean, it's, it's a variation of that, but it's that like, it's, you have to give yourself that permission to be okay with yourself. You have to be okay. You have to give yourself permission to be successful. I actually, it was like that with my art, because with my art, I, for the longest time, I was just producing things that I but would sell in the environment that I was trying to sell it in. So I wasn't doing anything that was me. I wasn't doing anything that was unique. I wasn't doing anything that I wanted to draw. Yeah, I was, I was like, at one point I was thinking, okay, I would maybe try and get a job as a tattoo artist. And so I was, I was trying to build a portfolio of common tattoo themed designs and things like that. But I was copying other people's things and I wasn't really exploring my own ability and I wasn't letting myself be your true art form. Yeah. And I honestly haven't, didn't really let myself do that until like COVID really, because then I was like, cause COVID happened and then I'm like, why well, I'm locked in here with my husband. And by that point I had been here long enough that I would, you know, I was already kind of discovering those things about myself. But like when I really started like working on my art was when I was really starting to like give myself permission to be okay with myself. Mm, That's so good. You give yourself the permission to be your most authentic self, no matter what authenticity looks like. And I believe that really translates into your art because you're a very talented artist and your gay art is so hot (laughs) like i'm gonna put this in the show notes to your work your patreon and everything but like goddamn curves like it's so good the things that you do with watercolor is a master class in gay erotica like truly well thank you oh that's That's a genuine compliment i'm not just saying that for the show but like genuinely i think you've known from day one that i truly believe 
that you're a great artist and your art is just mwah, just truly good. I try to capture the parts of, of queer erotic life. One that I like to explore, right? Like I've been doing, I've like, I started doing a lot of bondage stuff because that was just something that I was exploring myself. Right. And I can attest to that. That's how, <laughs> as I've tied I, you I up was, before, <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> like that's how I learned some knots and different designs and the different body positions. Right. And so it's like, Oh wow. So it's like, I, but there's a guy that I follow on Instagram who does this, this does great rope work. And so it's like, he does these, he gets people into these shapes and it's like, as an artist, I would like, oh, wow, I really like those proportions. Right. And so that's what I get into it in my head. I've always felt kind of like empathic in a way. And so whenever I am then placed in that social situation where it's like, oh, wait, I can capitalize on this. And next thing you know, I've got, I've got a boy tied up and, and, you know, having my fun. Right. I love that. (laughs) Your gayness really translates into your art, and your art translates to your gayness. <laughs> Chicken like, or the okay, egg. Here's also the other um, thing too that this is like, like just to like just to kind of like circle it around here, just to kind of circle it back to like the religion thing. You know how I said that like Mormons are all about like the family unit, right? That's actually something that I've still like translated and I've I've maintained now because it's like everywhere that I go. I create my family around me. My friends are my family, right? The people that I truly call friends and the people that I connect with, like y'all are my family. Yes, that includes you, right? That's why I see you. And like, if I, when I see your little pink hair across the street and I run over and I give you a hug, right? Like you're still part of my family, right? But I do like, like I have adopted that kind of like, I've, I've fallen into the, 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 this like daddy kind of house (laughs) thing now. Because it's like, because like like yeah, I kind of I may have like in my short time here in Toronto, I may have found a couple of boys. I've got a I've got another boy in Dallas. You know, I've I've I we're getting ready to move, and so I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do yeah. the same thing wherever I go. Right? Like I will I will create. I I feel like I feel like I have evolved to a point now to where I can create that same semblance of family mm-hmm. wherever i go and i think that's great about being gay we have this power to create our chosen family wherever we are and even if you are in the heart of the bible belt to i don't know like chelsea in new york city wherever you are you have this power to create these bonds these unbreakable loving relationships even if you're a recovering Mormon or a recovering Catholic like Kirby and me. Oh, like, yeah, that. you know, you, you uh, like, like I said, like it's, it's one of those things where I know everybody else's journey is different and I don't know if my story will help anybody's right. No, it my, will. Like, my, uh, but it, it's, it's, if I, if I've learned anything, I've learned that if you want to, if you want, if you want validation, you need to be able to validate other people. You got to listen to other. You got to listen to other people's stories. Like as a white person, I consume. I try to consume black authors, Asian authors. I try to Asian dick. Um, pointing out myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got. I, I like now. It's like I, through everything. I work at a fucking sex store, and it is the best it's, thing. It's fun. <laughs> it's 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 so great. It's so great. To be able, like, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I can, because I felt so confused and shamed about my, about having the sex feelings that I have. Cause it's like, you know, 
it, like like in, like in like in the Catholics, right? Like Mormons, it's sex is for procreation. That's really kind of about it, right? Like sex really isn't about the fun. It's about popping out babies. I had a guy come in, like very like honestly, my very this was my very first shift at the store. Guy comes in, he's probably like I want to say he's like early sixties, talking about wanting to express femininity to his girlfriend and that, that he had these feelings and that he wanted to try these things, but didn't know how to do it to his girlfriend. And he was, and all the shame that he felt and that, that his girl was going to leave him because he had these feelings. And by the end of the interaction, not only was he just hitting on me personally, right? Like I was just like, well, thanks, but no, I'm not going to do this. By the end of the interaction, I had gotten him to like try on a thong and he had started just like crying like in tears of like happiness of like, of like, I didn't know I would feel this okay with it. And by the, by the time he was left, he had bought four of them. And then I had also handed out like a, Commission. a, a, a helpline number. I, I, I'm right. But like, I ended up held it help, like sending out like just like a helpline number, like a suicide helpline number. And I'm like, here, call these people. These people have the tools that can better help you. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's providing, it's it's providing an environment where people can feel safe with themselves. I've helped out like trans guys, like try on harnesses for the first time, right? Or buying packers and binders. Uh, like it's it's it, it's it's providing that kind of safe space that wasn't provided for me. That I that I really I find really proud, even though I'm making like minimum wage and I get treated like shit by people on the street sometimes and. There are some privileged motherfuckers out there who need to work a serving job for like six months out of the year. But I think about if I didn't work here, if the space didn't exist, where would we go? Yeah, I think that's so great that you've used your life experience to, of your, your lived experience of feeling othered to make the space that you're in now much better than when you came in. And that is amazing, Kirby. And thank you so much for sharing your story, coming on the show, coming on my face. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just thank you so much. Do you have like stuff that you want the audience to find? Because you are just undoubtedly very talented. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so I do have, uh, my Instagram, uh, curbs art adventures, uh, that they're on there. There's got links to all my other stuff. I've, I've got a Twitter that I should probably be more active on. Uh, I will be launching my Patreon by the end of the summer. I, I'm getting ready for a move and it just keeps on getting pushed on the back burner. And with uh, pride just around the corner, I've been like super crazy busy at work between, between those two things. Oh, and I've got a big commission coming up. That's going to pretty much take up all of my July. So I'm going to be launching my Patreon soon. Sorry. Uh, but all of those links are on my Instagram. Um, so check it out. Give me a follow. Thanks, Curvy. I'll put all of that in the show notes. And if you're listening and you made it this far in the episode, please hire Curvy for a commission because he's just very talented and very sexy and you're not going to regret it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and check all the notes for discounts and so much more. And thank you for listening to this episode. I will see you at the next one. Bye. Mwah. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, 
Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah! Mm-hmm.